Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Homosexual. I'm your host, Chris J. Sigurdsson. This week, I have fallen down a rabbit hole of, like, Pinterest, okay? And just, I, I have become fully absorbed in, like, the European summer aesthetic. And that's what I'm going to go for this year. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what are the basics that you need to make an amazing fucking outfit, okay? But that's going to be just a tiny little snippet of today's episode, because I need to get it out. If you are feeling anxious about the future, you're overthinking things, you don't know how to flirt without it being like cringy or cliche, maybe you ignore red flags, you know? Same, I've been there. All of that and more will be covered today, as well as the big question, which I've been getting a lot. When do you tell someone that you love them? I think that's a really important question, and it's really hard to define, and it's different for everyone. So I'm going to give you my opinion on that. Now, I feel like my, like, uniform, my go-to essentials are a white t-shirt or black. White or black t-shirt. I personally get mine from, like, H&M. They're amazing. I just get, like, a size medium, just white t-shirt, and it's incredible. So comfy. I have tried other white t-shirts and none of them just hit like the H&M one. I think they're like 20 bucks each. Like you really don't need to be spending money on white t-shirts. Like people who are buying $80 white t-shirts, like I, what are you doing? Then, okay, you're going to pair the white t-shirts. You can just do it with like a light wash jean. I have been loving like baggier jeans, okay? Do not, please, please, please do not get like super skinny jeans okay like that's out hopefully it's never coming back in if you can you know maybe just get it without rips as well a little bit like they can be done in a stylish way but I think going for a baggier clean look is just nicer it doesn't have to be incredibly baggy but like just a little like a little bit like it shouldn't be snug you know what I mean and then over top of your white t-shirt you're gonna throw on a crew neck this you can get from anywhere you know have fun with it i thrift like pretty much all of my crew necks and you know you can get eclectic with it get some like funky vintage crew necks and you can wear those over and over and over i also have a pair of dockers that i thrifted for like 14 bucks they are incredible okay you need a pair of like beige dockers in your life i promise you okay that like those three essentials you can literally just mix and match if you have a closet of crewnecks white t-shirts and like cool pants you're set now in terms of like the european summer aesthetic the thing that you need is linen okay now because i am going to tell you to get linen i would also recommend a steamer because it just really is life-changing i have to say i just bought a steamer like a week ago and i am someone who like i will do my laundry okay and then i'll throw the laundry on my bed so that i have to fold it before i go to bed and then i will proceed to sleep under my laundry for like a week and then my clothes get all wrinkled now okay i have a steamer and it like gets all the wrinkles out of my clothes but it works amazing on linens okay so for european summer we're gonna do linen pants either olive green brown tan or white okay then you're gonna get like a long sleeve linen shirt and like have it like buttoned half like only up halfway okay like have have your little chest showing you know it looks sexy yeah 
um <laughs> but yeah that that is the european aesthetic for shoes i would recommend loafers okay i think a nice loafer can be really hot especially like with the european summer aesthetic you know if you want to go more casual air forces are a good go-to people hate on them because they're like basic or whatever but i fucking love them i will wear them until i die because they're just like a nice white shoe now that we are ready for spring slash summer and we're looking good let's talk about feeling anxious and overthinking things because <sighs> i do a lot of that and i'm sure that you do too I personally get anxious about what I want to do in the future and I change my mind like every five seconds. If I tell you like, oh, I'm going to do this in my future, do not be surprised if the next day I come back and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm actually doing this now. Like literally, I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. And then I came back and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to go into business or like, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to start running every single day and the next day I come back and I'm like you know what no I'm gonna do spin class every day that's my thing now I will switch it up have I done either of those things no and that's okay but I overthink things and I get anxious and it's normal to change your mind and I feel like that comes with being anxious but one thing I've learned that has helped me from being anxious a lot of the time is I don't tell people I'm trying not to tell people everything you know what I mean like some things you have to keep for yourself and I am like I have a big mouth okay anything I think just like becomes public information like I will not shut up about anything and if I have an idea if I am like you know I'm gonna do this I'm just all my friends will know I will go and I will tell them you know my big idea but I find that like when you do this, there's almost like a social pressure to like actually go and do it. And then I become anxious when I decide not to do it because I don't want to explain to people like, oh yeah, I actually am like not doing that. And if you think about it, like it's kind of awkward that I get nervous about that stuff. But like, I feel like everyone does, you know, like there's pressure to perform and to, you know, follow through with what you say you're going to do. But like, Sometimes I just don't want to do it anymore or I find something else and I'm like, you know what? I want to do that instead and I think that that needs to be normalized, okay? Don't think don't take anything that I say seriously. If I say that I am like planning a trip to New York next week, like I bitch, I might be like taking an exam next week. Who knows? Who knows with me? But don't get anxious about things that you say and overthink it because like personally that is one of my big struggles. And the less people know, the better I'm working on it. I, like, sometimes I'll be about to say something and I just think to myself, Crochet, do they need to know this? Also, I am very conscious about other people's intentions. And I'm always scared that, like, if I tell the wrong people, their negative intentions are, like, going to affect the outcome. I Like, I don't know. That's just That's just me. So... I am very careful about when good things happen to me, who I share that with as well, because I don't want other people's negative intentions, like, affecting that. You know what I mean? That's also something that I just get really anxious about and overthink. But also doing your best to just not put yourself in situations where there is external pressure from, like, friends or family and, like, adopting a so-what attitude. That's what I've been doing recently. Like, at the end of the day, 
if something is going wrong or you're stressing like, oh my God, this assignment is due in like, you know, an hour. How am I going to do it? So what? If you are about to get rejected by someone or you're scared of getting rejected by someone, so what? Like, what's the worst that could happen, really? And I know that that sounds like so obvious and you're like, okay, Christian, like, obviously, but that doesn't fucking help me. Like, I'm still nervous about it. If you, like, actually talk out loud and go step by step about, like, what would happen if this the worst case scenario happens a lot of the time it's not that bad okay in the grand scheme of things i used to think that if i failed the test in like grade eight biology class that like it would mean i would get a bad grade and i would fail and then i wouldn't get into a good high school which is like what you like you just go to high school and then i wouldn't do good in high school and then i would like not get into a good university and then i wouldn't become a doctor and then i would fail in life and you know not have any money and be homeless and poor that is not the case like what the way that that's actually what i thought when i was younger too is just insane to me if you fail an exam if you are late to some family gathering so what you know immediately things may not be great but a year from now is it really going to affect you like think about that and when i think about like okay a year from now worst case scenario i get a zero on this will this like actually have significant impact on my life and don't think like you know oh this could technically cause this which could cause this which could cause this that is not very likely a lot of the time having like these domino effect scenarios that like are very unlikely to happen is also not beneficial and recognizing that this domino effect scenario is not beneficial and it's not likely is also very helpful in not feeling as anxious and overthinking the things that you're overthinking you know i think flirting and like romantic like little things that you do are something that i overthink a lot and like i am so easily like cringed out and like i get the ick so easily with like flirting and things like that and so like i don't want to be perceived as cringy either and i was with beach boy which is it's going good if you're wondering i'm a beach boy um but i was talking with him yesterday and okay i like i'm a little psychotic like we're a little we're a little crazy okay we like you just have to learn to love me like that i noticed that there was this other guy on snap that i had and we had this like little emoji which meant we had the number the same number one best friend which was beach boy and so i was like oh my god like (laughs) obviously he gets to talk to other people but i was kind of like hmm i must investigate this so i like asked my friend about it i was like do i bring it up like i don't know anyways hanging out with beach boy he is on his instagram he's like oh my god do you know this guy and i was like it was the same guy okay who is his like we share the him as the number one best friend okay and i was like oh my god yeah like i know him and like i like i don't know him at all like i just saw him on snap at random and we happen to have the same best friend okay but i was so happy that i didn't have to bring it up and then he was like yeah this guy's like a little odd and i was like Whew, okay no competition here but he told me this story that i need to share with you because this is like worst case scenario this is like how to of what not to do when you're flirting this man just happened to run into we're gonna call him forest boy 
Okay, this is the other guy, Forest Boy. So Beach Boy and Forest Boy run into each other on the beach. And they're talking. They go for a little walk. You know, it's cute. Beach Boy is telling me that, like, you know, it was a little awkward. He was not super into it, but that's okay. Then Forest Boy is like, let's go get some food. And Beach Boy, who is amazing and just so sweet, but, like, slightly a little bit awkward and too nice to say no, was like yeah and so they go and get food which like we've been there okay like i get it (laughs) like i have such a hard time saying no especially to people's faces that is something that i'm working on saying no more often i'm getting better at it beach boy and forest boy go they're eating beach boy is uncomfortable okay so he's like making an excuse about like oh the food's like not that good we should like go (laughs) and then so it works they leave drives him home then forest boy is like bringing him into his house like showing him a few things this is where it gets bad okay oh i literally when he told me this i was cringing so hard they're standing in the front of the driveway and forest boy looks at beach boy and like holds his hands down like fluttering his eyes and twisting his heel you know and he's like okay and i was told that forest boy did it with a lisp okay as well like on like a purposeful lisp and he was like should we kiff (laughs) please like like what should we like should we kiss no no baby talk okay absolutely not when you are flirting it is really cringy if you do baby talk unless it is very clear to both parties that is a complete ironic joke okay this was not apparently and so beach boy goes uh no it's okay and then like leaves and then forest boy proceeded to like watch beach boy leave his driveway (laughs) (sighs) that is what not to do okay like don't the thing is with flirting is flirting can be cringy okay flirting is awkward liking someone is awkward having a crush whatever like like relationships are just really fucking awkward but if you don't make it into a joke and have fun with like you need to have fun with it because it's only cringy if you're like serious about it you know what i mean like if you're straight up like flirting and like dropping these like pickup lines unironically that like that's an ick but if you do it in a way where you're like clearly joking then that's when it's, like, playful, you know what I mean? Because then you can, like, feed into it and be like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 and, like, it's kind of cute. Um, like, for example, I recently took a CPR course and first aid course, so I am CPR and first aid certified, so I made the joke. I was like, <laughs> I learned mouth to mouth, so, like, I'm a pro, and, like, that that was funny. It was a joke. It was, like, a playful thing, and then Beach Boy's like, yeah, like, I did CPR, too. Like, okay, okay, like, <laughs> revive me. <sighs> you can also flirt with your body language, okay? My friend, Kestrel, taught me this thing. And, like, in our friend group, it's a very well-known thing. We call it the Kestrel Stare. Because this girl has, like, a power, okay, with men. She will just look at you, and, like, you have to look innocent, You know, not like puppy dog eyes, but just look like you're like smiling innocently and like kind of confused and just don't talk. And if you want someone to like 
make a move, you just stare at them with like kind of like a stupid grin. And then they just get uncomfortable or either they'll keep talking if you want to know more about what they just said or they'll like know, okay, like this is my chance to make a move. You just do the Kestrel stare. And so body language and not saying anything can also be a way of flirting. And like that's not cringy, you know, because like you're not actually saying anything. I find it so hard too when you like really like someone and then you like have to like make a move. Like, okay, I... I would not consider myself, like, smooth by any means, like, not at all. Like, I'm a little bit awkward, okay? But when I like someone, I am awkward as fuck. Like, I... (laughs) Ideally, I don't want to make the moves. Like, I just... (sighs) It's just so scary, and I get it. Personally, I think the best way to, like, flirt and show that you're, like, attracted to someone, whatever... Ugh, even saying it out loud is just so cringy to me, but being like a little bit touchy like holding their hand like kind of punching them jokingly like that can be cute you know and I think that's a really sweet way to flirt that a lot of people overlook as well and you get scared but like break the touch barrier and it makes things so much less awkward now there may be times when you like someone and your friends or your family or people close to you are warning you and they're like watch out this is a red flag And you're like, oh my god, no, but they're so perfect, and they treat me so nice. Listen to your friends and family, okay? Trust me from learned life experiences. A lot of the time, if you value these people's opinions, they are most likely right. If you get opinions from people who you, like, really don't care about and you don't respect, and they're like, this is not your person, then, like, don't listen. But if your close friends and family are all telling you that this person may not be good news that is probably a good sign that this person is not good news and you need to run okay because i have been there and i have ignored all of the red flags and it didn't turn out very well for me but also don't be scared in these situations to hurt the person that you're with's feelings because your feelings matter more than their feelings especially when you are being mistreated okay do not let yourself think that you are going to hurt this person or that, you know, it's better to be with this person than be alone because it's not. I promise you, do not be scared to hurt their feelings because at the end of the day, you are going to be so much happier and they do not deserve you if they are mistreating you. So please do not ignore the red flags because I've done that and it is not not fun. Um, now, if you leave this person, it's hard. Okay, I get it. And I find a lot of the time either people aren't in relationships and they want to be and they feel lonely or they get out of a relationship and then they feel really lonely. My first semester at university, I could not do anything alone. I think only recently in the past, I'd say like three months, did I become actually good at being alone and dare I say enjoy being alone for the most part. I don't think I ate a single meal alone. I would never study alone. I wouldn't run errands alone. I hated being alone. I felt like I always needed to surround myself with people and I felt guilty if I wasn't. But I feel the most important thing when you feel lonely is to get good being in your own presence and that takes practice okay 
being good at being alone makes you feel less lonely because you enjoy your own company, which is such an amazing thing. But also you need to practice it, you know? And if you're like, Crochet, I've been practicing it. I'm always alone. Like, is that not, that's not practice. Okay. If you're wallowing, sitting there like, oh, I'm so lonely. I'm so sad. That's not practice being alone. You want to practice enjoying being alone. Now for me, some things that I like to do to enjoy being alone are finding some fun little hobbies. There are three types of hobbies that I think you should have to make you more fulfilled being by yourself. And that is something that gets you thinking. For me, that's like arts and crafts. I like doing going on TikTok and finding like DIY projects to do because it's like very hands-on and I'm making like really cool things. It can be really affordable too. And it's also just really fun. The next one is something that keeps you active. For me, that's like running, swimming, things like that. I loved going swimming with my friends. I have water park Wednesdays. Okay, my local rec center has a water park and I go there on Wednesdays. It's so much fun. And that's like my little active hobby. And then there's something that you're passionate about. And for me, that is this podcast. I love the podcast. I'm so passionate about it. And it's something that I do entirely alone. And like, I can look back on this in like 20 years and like see where I was at at that time. And I just think that's so amazing, you know, because like not many people can literally look back at like a audio diary basically of like what they were thinking every week of their life and like what was going on at that time and so something that you're passionate about is also really really important talking by myself for an hour has made me enjoy my own voice and my own thoughts and like I love doing this and so that's something too that like I like doing alone I also love playing music at all times when I'm alone. I pretend I'm a, in a full-ass movie, okay? Because it can be boring if you're just, like, in your thoughts, you know, and walking around and, like, you know, hearing the birds chirp and whatever. But if you're playing a soundtrack to your life, get those AirPods in, put them in transparency mode, and it literally sounds like a soundtrack. It's amazing. I always have my AirPods in. I'm always listening to music. I listen to this one. It's it's a playlist called um, My Life is a Fucking Movie. It's by, you know that TikToker Sam Vicciolo with his like dog Evelyn? Okay, well, he has a Spotify. He has amazing playlists, okay? His his playlist, My Life is a Fucking Movie, is like the best. It's like the soundtrack of my life right now. I love it. Now, even though you can be good at being alone, it doesn't mean that you always want to be. And I don't think that anyone should be alone 100% of the time. But like for the times that you are alone, you shouldn't be craving social interaction you know you should enjoy some of your alone time but it's really hard sometimes shaking the feeling that like there's no one out there for you especially romantically and I think that a lot of pressure gets put in like the media and stuff that like all these people are dating from young ages whatever especially oh my god when you were gay or into the same sex that that is hard especially if you're not from, like, a huge city, dating in, like, a small town, like, you got two options, maybe, if you're lucky. But if you put it into perspective, okay, there are seven billion people on this planet. Seven billion. I don't even think your mind can, like, truly comprehend that, that if all of those people were, like, just surround, like, it would be so, like, that number is insane. And so the idea that there is at least, at least one person 
who you will be attracted to will be attracted to you and your personalities will like just mesh really well they're out there okay there are probably like about a million people i'm not even kidding a million people who you would like have an amazing relationship with I do not believe that you only have one person. Now, in your town right now, if you're, like, let's say 16, like I was, living in a, like, town with, like, no gay people or no one that, you know, you're into, that's not your forever. And also, you're 16. You're 17. Let's, let you know what? Even if you're 25, you're not even living, like, a quarter of your life yet, you know? You do not have to be dating from a young age gaining experience you can take your time with it it's not important you're really not missing out and it's hard to feel like you are missing out when you hear all of your friends being like oh my god I just like kiss this guy and I'm going out with this other guy on Wednesday and then Saturday I like I'm going out to the bar and I met this guy whatever and you can feel like you're missing out especially when people are starting to like get their first kiss and like you know let's say you're 18 you still haven't gone on a date that's okay like, it's not abnormal to not really date. It's almost maybe in some ways beneficial because you've had more time to work on yourself and you may be like, Crochet, I've been working on myself forever. Like, I just want a boyfriend or I just want a girlfriend. I just want a significant other. And I get that. But don't put pressure on it because chances are the person that you meet at 16, you're not going to be with forever. Like, to be honest, I could be wrong. I know lots of people who started dating at like 14 even and they're still together and that's amazing but just because let's say like you're in your 20s and you haven't met the person that you want to spend years and years of your life with that's like totally fine and I find in our culture now we want immediate gratification and we want things like right now but that's not how relationships work and if you want a good solid relationship you have to wait for it okay Think of it like a Birkin, you know? You gotta really, really be patient with it. Gotta, it takes years before you get that Birkin, but you want that Birkin bag relationship. When you get into a relationship, though, a lot of the time you're spending less time with your friends, less time with your family, you have less alone time, and yeah, that can be great in a lot of situations when there's balance, but in your first relationship, specifically looking back at my first relationship at least, it didn't really benefit me, you know? Like, it was great, and it was a great learning experience, but, like, I didn't see my friends as much, which made me kind of sad, and I didn't see my family as much. You definitely need to find that balance when you get into a relationship, but, like, it's inevitable that when you have someone that you want to spend all your time with, you're just not going to be spending as much time with the other people that you care about, you know? Like, there's just not enough time in the day, quite literally, to divide that up. And if you are thinking that, like, there is no one around you that is gay, you would be surprised because my entire friend group, basically, except for, like, two people, came out as gay after I did. Like, there are so many fruity people out there. I fully assume that everyone is, like, a little bit fruity until I'm proven otherwise, cause, or unless they tell me, because most of the people that I meet just are, you know, and, like, you don't even question it, like, we don't even, like, I find now that a lot of people, they don't even really come out, at least, you know, from my experience in university, like, you just start talking about liking a guy, or 
liking a girl. Like, it doesn't even phase me anymore because I just assume, you know, which is really nice. But I think that's going to become more common. And even in your small town, I promise you, if you hopped on, like, Grinder or something, which, you know, I don't necessarily recommend, there there would be lots of, like, DL profiles, okay? Let me assure you. So they are out there. I don't, I don't know if that's what you want. Maybe wait until you move into the big city. I promise you, you are not going to be alone forever. Just hold out, work on yourself, make your life the best life that you can live. And then when it comes time for that person to come into your life, you have an amazing life and it's going to be even better with them. In order to find that person too, you need to date a lot. I have been on like an ungodly amount of dates. And out of all of those, I would say that two of them were like people that I actually really enjoyed being around. And as of right now, there's one that I actually really like, which we'll see how that goes. And so put yourself out there, date as much as you can, you know, be a hoe, because if you don't try all the flavors, you don't know which one's your favorite. Now, if you've never been on a date or you're nervous to put yourself out there, it's really important to build your self-esteem. I personally find that I don't look in the mirror if I'm not feeling like positive about myself. Like personally, Kate, I know in the past I've talked about how, you know, I've struggled with eating and my relationship with food is still occasionally like a little rocky, you know, but it's overall like a lot better. And so sometimes, you know, if I feel like I overate or something like that specifically, then I won't look in the mirror. Or if I wake up one morning and I'm like, you know what, I'm not feeling good about myself. I won't like look at my body in the mirror because I know that I don't feel good about myself. And so if I look at myself, I'm just going to be tearing myself down. And I used to do that all the time. Every morning I would get up and I would look in the mirror and I would just tear myself apart. And that was one of the worst things that I could be doing for myself because it made me really hate the way I look, to be quite honest. And so now I try to only look in the mirror when I know that I'm going to feel good about myself because day to day, I don't really look any different, but like your mindset changes so much, at least for me, like you really can like look the same, but look so different just based on like how you're feeling. And so only looking at yourself when you know you're about to like hype yourself up really builds your self-esteem. Also doing some sort of exercise every day just makes you feel extra good about myself. I say most days though, because I used to put pressure on myself to do exercise like every single day. And I definitely try to, but if one day I really just don't want to do it, I'm not going to like bend over backwards and kill myself to go and like exercise. You know what I mean? Exercise may mean like going on a nice little walk in a garden for me. You know, I do love working out, but there's some days where I'm just like, I just don't want to do it today. And that's okay. And you can't beat yourself up over that because that is where it becomes toxic. And that is not building your self-esteem. It's not making you feel better about yourself. And if one day, you know, you don't want to work out and you've been on like a streak, that's okay. You don't need to work out every single day. And I know that a lot of people do and it's very normalized. I don't think that it is healthy to beat yourself up over it if you miss a single day. It's good to take breaks, okay? If you can, take a little break from social media. I find, like, not gonna lie, I know that, like, the For You page, the Explore page, like, it's based off of what I look at, 
and like you know <laughs> exposing myself my explore page is shirtless men like i like a lot of it is like european like summer you know people in greece like jumping off like cliffs and they're shirtless whatever and sometimes when i don't feel super confident i'll look at those and be like i don't look like that therefore i am ugly and that is not great and sometimes you fall into a cycle where you just don't feel good about yourself for a little bit and deleting social media can actually benefit you so much if you you know like keep snapchat or messages whatever where you're just kind of messaging people that's fine but like what do you really need instagram for what do you really need tiktok for those are the two that specifically i feel like make me feel the worst about myself sometimes and like I'm not saying that it's social media's fault because it is based off my own insecurities. And like now I feel like I deal with that in a very healthy way. And I have changed so much, especially in the past, like I'd say two years. I feel like it doesn't affect me as much, so I don't need to do that anymore. But in the beginning, you know, like sometimes I would just need to delete Instagram specifically for like a week. And then I would feel so much better working on realizing that these people on social media are putting their best selves forward. A lot of these photos are heavily edited. The lighting is perfect. They don't look like this all the time. Reassuring myself of that and knowing that like, I am good enough. I am beautiful. And these people on social media are also beautiful but they also don't always look like that. Just like I don't always look like I do when I post on social media, you know? Because why would I post an ugly fucking picture of me with, like, a bad skin day and, like, acne cream on my face? Like, I, I wouldn't do that, you know? And neither would they. And I think that realization was very important for me. Be extra with your self-care, okay? Like, spend a little extra money on that cute headband i just bought a crab headband that i am obsessed with and it makes me feel like a little bit better about myself taking care of yourself you know doing a weekly bubble bath if you have access to a bathtub that can be cute that can be fun and doing self-care makes you feel like you are treating your body right and that can build your self-esteem and so all of those tips are how you're going to be a confident as person this summer or fall or winter whenever you're listening to this but i hope that helps because that is those things specifically have helped me so so much in becoming a lot more confident to the point where now i literally have posters of myself in my room because i'm just so obsessed it's fully a joke though i like i don't want you to think that i like am that actually obsessed with myself like i'm not it's a joke okay <laughs> now i mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on, you know, when do you say I love you in relationships? And I could talk about this forever, but I'm not going to. I'm going to touch on it a little bit, though. I think a good rule of thumb is like six months or less, don't say it. That That's just my, it can differ, okay? You know, I've had people, I had someone um, comment recently that they said it in the first week that they were dating, but they were friends for like four years before that. That I understand because you've technically had some sort of relationship with this person for over four years before you said I love you. You just made it official and said I love you a week later. That's fine. If you met this person two months ago and now you're like, I love you, that is a little too early for me personally. 
Um, did it happen to me? Yeah. Did I say it back? Yeah. I look back on that though, and I was definitely, definitely not in love. I was definitely just saying it, you know, to like reciprocate, whatever. I remember it was two months into my relationship and me and my like boyfriend at the time would always play uh, Minecraft together and we were in survival mode and he was like, go outside. And I was like, okay. And so I like walk out of the front of the house and I like look and there's like a little Minecraft sign that says like, I love you. And I was like, oh, like, I love you too. And like, <laughs> at the time I did think it was cute. Okay. Looking back, I literally want to gag because it's so cringy. Like, uh. but also this was two months after meeting this man. Like why? Like that's a little too early, sir. This relationship crashed and burned. Grateful for it. It was definitely too early to say that, in my opinion. I think it's very important to take into account how long have you known this person, first of all. Second of all, have you fought with this person? Do you know how you two argue? Do you know how you guys conflict, res resolve conflict with each other? Because if that isn't healthy, then it's not going to work. Let me tell you right now. Do you truly feel like you know them or are you in the honeymoon phase? Okay, that is also important. Do some introspection, okay? Be honest with yourself because if you are two months into a relationship, you're probably most likely still in the honeymoon phase and that can last, I would say, like up to a year, to be honest. The thing is, though, love is the most uncalculated thing ever. No one goes into a relationship being like, okay, three months, we say this, six months, you know, I love you, two years, we're getting engaged, three, we're getting, like, no, that's not how it goes. Two people don't, like, just plan to fall in love. Like, it's very uncalculated. It's very spontaneous. And there, it, like, you can't just be like, okay, six months, now you can say I love you. That's not fair either. That's just my, like, rule of thumb. It's very flexible, very, like, it, it's different situation to situation. I think, too, love can mean so many different things. Like, I'll say to my friends, like, oh, I love you. And I do love them, and that's true. But it's also different when I would say it to someone that I'm in a relationship with because I would take that a lot more seriously than I would saying it to my friend or to my family, you know? But also, like, when I was in this past relationship and I did, we were saying, like, I love you, I, at like, at some points, I was like, you know what, maybe I do. Like, to be honest, I, I was like, you know what, maybe I do, like, love this person. And looking back on that, I'm like, that is not what love is. But at the time, you feel like that's what love is. And, like, you don't even, like, love is not, you can't define what love is. If what you're feeling can be described and is perceived by you to be love and you want to express that to your partner or your, the person that you're with then like that's fine and you know looking back on it in the future you may be like that's you know that's not what love is or you meet someone else and you're like oh this this is what it's supposed to be that can always change and it'll happen and don't shame yourself or your past self for being like oh that like stupid me didn't know what love is that was what love was for you at the time and that's okay and so i think that it's unfair to criticize anyone for saying it too early you know 
I can have my opinions, you know, my like little rule of thumbs. But at the end of the day, I can meet someone next week and be like, I love you and we are getting married. You know what I mean? And because I'm just spontaneous like that. I have been through my fair share of breakups, okay? And I've learned a lot in my time. And let me tell you, the biggest, most important thing that you need to do immediately after the breakup is block them, okay? No excuses, no exceptions. And in some cases, I would even block their friends. You don't owe these people anything. You know, take a breather. Don't rebound right away, okay? Like, I know it's easy to just hop on Tinder the next day, but, like, you need to just sit in the feeling for a little bit like work on yourself check in with yourself are you okay before hopping under someone else make sure that your self-esteem is okay make sure you feel good about yourself still make sure that if you are going to start dating again it's not for validation because you should be able to give yourself enough validation to be happy you shouldn't need to seek it out in others if you need closure I would say wait a little bit before seeking that out as well because if you try to get closure right away, it can kind of, the feelings that are still lingering can get in the way and it can lead to, you you know, maybe making a decision of getting back together, which isn't in your best interest. And, you know, that happens when you're in a relationship with someone, specifically a romantic relationship. When you break up, those feelings don't just go away. And if they do, then they probably weren't really there, to be honest. I think it's really important to just give yourself time right after getting out of a relationship before doing anything. Constantly working on your self-esteem, like I feel like it's a lifelong project because no one will be 100% confident 100% of the time. And I think that it's really, really easy at different points in our life to fall into the trap of like craving validation from external sources. And when that happens, being able to recognize it is so important and being able to stop ourselves from continuing down that and working on ourselves a little bit, you know, going in for a little oil change before getting back on the road. It's important. Anyways, I hope in some way, shape or form, all of that information and advice helped you. I know it helped me. If you enjoyed, please, please, please rate the podcast five stars. It's so, it helps me so, so much. You don't even understand. It's not even that hard. Like, it's really not. Like, it takes like two seconds out of your day to give me a big smile. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Diaries of a Homosexual. If you want to follow me on TikTok, it's at Diaries of a Homosexual. YouTube at Diaries of a Homosexual. And Chris J. Sigurdsson, K-R-I-S-J-A-Y-S-I-G-U-R-D-S-O-N. Please go subscribe because there will be content coming soon. And yeah, be sure to follow the podcast Instagram because I usually get ideas for what I want to talk about from you and what you want me to talk about because at the end of the day this is like a conversation i want this to be like we're friends we're just talking i'm giving you advice i'm sharing my stories with you and like we're just best friends with that said i love you i will see you next week bye homos